Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning. Well, I'm glad everyone is, is here. Today we're, we're looking at the subject of irrelevance and how irrelevance can blindside us in life. There is a Greek philosopher that this is what he said about irrelevance. 2,600 years ago, he, he, there is nothing permanent except change. Now, that statement carries some truth, it's, it's, but it's much too extreme because, as we know, there are some additional permanent things in the universe beside change. There are some constants. Uh, but it's true that changes in our world are happening at such a rapid pace that if it's, it's just really difficult for us to keep up with technology the internet change happens at such a rapid pace at lightning speed things are moving and companies who don't pay attention to change in our world companies that are sort of have their heads buried in the details and don't look up and look around they stall out and they die like who remembers mervins <laughs> any do we have any former mervin shoppers here you know how about Toys R Us. Anybody remember Toys R Us? Like, what's that? Oh, it's sad, isn't it? <laughs> now, Payless still has their doors open, but they're starting to close because in February they declared bankruptcy. They'll be shut in June. Uh, I read a, a blog from a church leader focused on the latest trend in retail. It's called Fidgetal. Heard about Fidgetal? It's it's. It's a shopping experience that combines the, the physical and the digital. And many brick-and-mortar retailers are trying to, they're struggling trying to keep up with the convenience of online shopping. You can, almost buy, you can buy almost everything online. But in spite of that, there's a lot of people, a lot of us, that still would prefer to interact with a real person and hold a real product before you purchase it. And so the article sort of concluded that the companies who figure out the way to marry the online and the offline environments are the ones that are going to thrive in the future. You have to figure out how to work with this. And so the point of this blog that I was reading applied to the church and how the church needs to constantly be thinking through how does this trend in our world, the digital age, how does this apply to our mission? So it's, I think it's important to think through that because as I look at my church history, I think I've been a part of up to this church six churches prior to, to this. And so of those six, three of those are gone completely. They don't exist anymore. The, their people, you know, if, if they've not passed away, the people still are somewhere, but those churches cease to exist. They're gone. Two of them haven't changed very much. What I mean is when I go to visit, when I sort of want to have the flashback or if I happen to be in town, uh, I can go to some churches and it's the same people singing the same songs, doing the same activities, and it's sort of like a time warp experience for me. And you may have had that before. Uh, and then uh, one has multiplied, uh, the church we came from, Church in the Valley, they've multiplied five times. And so that, those, that's my history of church. Some are gone, some are uh, hanging on, and some have multiplied. And so keeping up with change is, is, isn't something that just impacts companies or churches. It actually impacts us as individuals, as people. Irrelevant people pay a price. 
This includes moms, dads, bosses, employees, grandparents, church members, friends, and so on. Irrelevant people pay a price. If we lose the ability to connect and to communicate meaningfully with the people that we care about, then we lose and they lose. And so we need to figure out how do we stay in touch with people and even with what's going on in the world as much as possible because irrelevance diminishes influence. Irrelevance diminishes our ability to influence people, and God wants us to have influence in the lives of others. Parents, we lose touch with kids pretty rapidly. Uh, I think about the gaming systems, and I remember when it was like, you know, I, I started out on an Atari, and so like the joystick with the button on it, you know, you two button, it, you know, it's real simple, but it was pretty, it felt like I was on top of the world, and like, I'm on the edge of like, What's going to happen next in the world? Can you believe what we're able to do? Bing! You know, watching balls fly across the screen. Bing! You know, I mean, it's just, it was epic in those days. And then, you know, you advance to something like a little bit more. But now it's like all of the advancements hard to keep up. Toys, music styles, just on and on. Now, here's another fun example of some of the changes. What about wearing a hat? What's the right way to wear a hat? Okay, so here we go. We're about to get... You know, <laughs> some are shaking their hands like that's not the right way to wear a hat, you know. So this I would call the, the baseball hat. Now, I say that because that's, that's sort of when I was wearing a lot of ball caps was growing up playing baseball. I'd curve my, it's sort of that rounded hat. Uh, some people, this is, this, is, this is still how I wear my hat. Um, now, advance to the next slide. Okay, now, now you got the flat bill, right? And, you know, it used to be that, you'd say, that I would call... The rounded hat, like the baseball hat, but not anymore because now you watch baseball and most people are wearing the flatbill hat, right? And then you have this one, the trucker, right? <laughs> it's a breathable, you know. Now, go back to the first one real quick. After I showed these, someone said, you know what that's called now? It's called the dad hat. I'm like, really? And Google search revealed that that's true. <laughs> it's called the dad hat. So that's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, back to the trucker hat. Okay, you got the trucker hat. What, what about, you know, you got the turn back hat. Uh, and you got angles on the turn back hat, obviously. Okay. <laughs> you got fresh prints, you know. What's the right style? I, you know what? It's going to keep changing. I was at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, this week with with my kids and my two sons went on this crazy ride. My son said, "Here, Dad, hold my hat. Wear my hat. Wear your hat. It's the flat bill hat. I don't wear flat bill hats. Wear the hat, Dad." I put it on. I looked ridiculous. I thought <laughs> I took a selfie with me, my daughter. I'm like, "Look at me." I even wore his glasses too because he had some cool shades. And I was like, "I think we both agreed. Yeah, Dad, we'll leave that to you know to others." <laughs> Well, keep, keep this in mind. Understanding, us understanding one another across the generations is a core component for, for every relationship. Understanding. Do we understand? Now, I, I, I tipped over the hill a, few, a couple years ago. And so if I roll my eyes at the trends of my kids or, or that others are getting into in a younger generation and refuse to really Dig in and see whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, or even what's this all about. I want to understand what this is all about, what you're into. 
If I refuse to really dig in and explore and investigate, then I become irrelevant really quickly. I lose influence in their lives. I may roll my eyes at them, and then they roll their eyes back at me and write off dad or friend or whoever as out of touch. If we decide, I'm not even going to look into that. I don't get it. And that's sometimes what we do. I, I just don't get it, so I'm not going to bother. At, at work, it's easy for this to happen. Where there's younger and old generations mixing it up, the older generation, more seasoned workers with a lot more experience, can easily resent the wide-eyed, optimistic young coworker who who knows a lot about technology and about and the internet is the world that they've grown up in, and it's easy to become resentful of that. They have all these new ideas, they have skills, they're able to learn things really quickly, and it's it is their world. And it's, it's if you become resentful of the younger generation, then your influence with them can totally be blocked, and, and you, you can't even really leverage the strengths that you both can bring to, to help the company win. Here's an example of that. This is from a video uh, or a movie. Is that what you still call them, movies? <laughs> Come on, guys, Hold on. Let's pause for one moment, okay? Let me set this clip up. I think it'll be Let me set this up for one moment. So this is from the movie The Internship. It's about two older sales guys who lose their job and end up with an internship at Google. Okay, and they're the first two guys who are going to be talking, and they're trying really hard to fit in in this younger environment, and they're trying to fit in, they're trying to contribute, but they're clearly out of touch, and it comes out in their language. Uh, so one of the one of the guys he pitches an idea, and it's sort of like an exchangeogram, we'll call it. Okay, exchangeogram. So let's let's watch the clip. Come on, guys, let's brainstorm this puppy. We're going to put the coffee in the pot and we're going to let it percolate. I think it'll be helpful to explore what apps have been most popular. Go, in go backwards to go forward. Oh, and we could bin it, you know? Fall out. Categorize needle movers by type of user. All right, guys, I don't want to kill the momentum or the mojo that you have cooking, but to be fair with you, needles and categories, they don't use apps. People use apps. So I have an idea. Nowadays, people are taking pictures, right? They have their phones now. They're out. Something catches their eye. They want to take it. But then the photo's just sitting there. What if they take that photo and instantaneously put it out there on the line and they share it with their friends? That's Instagram. It already exists. It's one of the most popular apps in the world. Facebook bought them for like a billion dollars. Oh, no, no, no. Mine is very different than that. How is there something very different than that? Because of mine, you're taking the photo instantaneously. You're putting the photo out there on the line. Is it online? Yeah, I'm putting my photos out on the line, and I'm creating an exchange. Yeah, that's Instagram. But mine's more of a social sharing on the line that's happening. Online. Quick interjection. When you keep saying on the line, you do mean online. Stuart, you don't do that to a man. He's got a million-dollar idea right here. Billion-dollar idea. Even better. Let him flow. Okay, that's all fine, but he's talking about something already invented. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. It's, it's easy for the younger employees there to sort of write off these two older guys who in their minds, they seem to be out of sync with the latest trends. And so if you're young and do that, then you'll discount and you'll miss out on the wisdom and the experience that they have to offer. This is one of the lessons that comes up in this movie is these, these two older guys actually have something to bring to the table. They have something to offer. And it's, it's, it's better when we show respect across generations and we, we seek to learn from one another's experience in life in whatever age and stage you're in. If we refuse to... Do that if we refuse to evaluate and if we refuse to consider changes, what happens is years may go by and we later regret the fact that we were unwilling to do that because we've lost touch potentially if we've, if we've not aimed to bridge. Our influence can diminish and we don't want that to happen. Now when we let God shape who we are, we become relevant because he leads us to love people and loving people is always relevant. 
So if you let God continue to shape the person that you're becoming, you'll remain relevant. If you let God shape your character, you'll remain relevant. The key to all this is to stay relevant by letting God renew your mind. And I want to look at this in light of a passage of Scripture, actually a couple passages from the Romans uh, chapter 12 and Romans chapter 11. God wants to grow us towards qualities that are, that are just like him. He wants, us to, he wants to influence to become people who are like him. God is reliable. He's sacrificial. He's kind. And so think about this. If you grow in those things, if you grow in the character of God, you remain relevant. If you're reliable, like God is reliable, your family will appreciate what you have to offer and what you bring to the family as you do life together, if you remain reliable. If, if you're willing to sacrifice like God sacrifices and like God shows love and, and sacrifice, if you can do that in your own life, if you'll sacrifice your comfort to love your family and friends, the value you bring to them keeps increasing through the years. If you show kindness to your coworkers, they're drawn to you because kindness is always relevant. And so the challenge for us is to stay anchored to what's right in this rapidly changing world. So how do we do that? How do we live in a world where trends are flying by us and remain tethered to the right things. It's like this picture. When I see this picture, you sort of get chills because the only thing keeping that astronaut from floating off into outer space is, is this cord. And God's word is what tethers us ultimately to what is right. So I want to look at some verses here from Romans chapter 12. But I need to back up a little bit because Romans is a is a – this Romans 12 passage – the verse we're going to start with, we sort of need to understand what's happening in the book of Romans. Romans is, is a book that lays out the core beliefs of Christianity. And there is, in the church in Rome, there's a mix of people. So there was a mix of people culturally. So you had former Jews that had become Christians that became a part of the Roman church. Then you had Gentile, Christian, Gentile Christians, so uh, people who were from around the area that were non-Jews that became Christians joined that church as well. And so with this mix of people, you have different ages, stages, you have different cultural backgrounds, different cultural practices, different faith practices from the past. Whenever you have that kind of mix like that, you have an opportunity for division and you have an opportunity for disconnection. So the Roman church is a real helpful church for us to study when we're trying to understand this issue of a mix of ages and stages because they, they, they did experience that. So chapter 9, just a quick summary of Romans chapter 9, which we could spend months on Romans chapter 9. Uh, it, Paul lays out God's sovereign, loving plan, his, his plan to adopt people and show mercy. How does God do that? Well, we don't fully understand this, but we do see in Romans 9 that God is, is involved, he, he is sovereign so he's in control and he's drawing people's hearts and he does it in a way that's somewhat mysterious to us but he is at work drawing our hearts to him to experience his mercy he shows us mercy and then he calls us to receive his mercy and it's uh and as you read through romans chapter 9 if you've experienced god's mercy you say wow that's what's happened like thank you god you've shown me mercy i've i've internally felt this compelling pull to want to know you and to want to experience your mercy and have a relationship with you. Thank you for adopting me as your child, as your son, as your daughter. I've experienced that. Romans 9 lays this out. Romans 10 is, is, talks about how God uses us, people who are already Christ followers, to then 
reach out to those who've yet to follow Christ. He, he gives us a message to then share it with others, preach it to others, teach it to others, uh, reflect Christ's message to others. And in that way, that others around us who don't yet believe might come to believe in Christ. He uses us. That's what Romans chapter 10 sort of touches on. Then Romans chapter 11 talks about that for a season, God, uh, he was working in the, in the Israelites, but for a season he has set aside the Jewish people. Some in the church have come to faith out of Judaism, but there's all these people that their hearts are hard towards God. And so he talks about that the Jewish people have been set aside for a season so that the Gentile world would come to believe in Christ and be grafted into God's family. Like, like you'd graft in a branch into a tree. He, Paul's, again, he's explaining. There's a huge mix. If you look around our church today in the Church of Rome, everyone look around. They see these different colors, skin colors, backgrounds. Well, how did this all happen? Well, God has shown mercy to all of us if you're sitting here. But God has been using, and God uses us to reach out. But there are some people that are Jewish here, and then there's some people that aren't Jewish here, but they're Christians. Because God has grafted in this other group of people. We can be thankful for that because he's included all of us. And then later he says he's going to work again in the people, uh, in the Jewish people. But this whole thing that Paul's describing is a mystery to us on a certain level. Basically, we learn God has a plan. He's working out his plan. He's kind and merciful. He's loving to include us. But this is a mystery. And in his mind, he, God has it figured out. Now, Romans chapter 12. So that, I hope, helps you understand some of the dynamics of, of these verses in Romans 12. So look at the guidance God gives that tethers us to his truth. Paul writes this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. This is for everyone, Jewish, Gentile, whatever your background. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world as you look around and see the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God transform your mind. Then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what we get is wherever you guide your mind to go as you process life and trends and changes, whatever you do with your mind determines how you're going to navigate the changing tide in the world at large. You've got to... to to, can't, we, can't let our mind wander off and float off. It has to be tethered to something. So in the passage, there's a don't, there's a do, and there's a how. So first, the don't from this verse. Don't, we're commanded, don't be conformed. Do not be conformed to the world. To be conformed to something means that you're molded or you're, you're formed in your behavior in accordance with some sort of a pattern or a set standard the world is the practices that paul's saying the practices of the world around us are is the warning that paul is saying hey don't just be molded and formed to the ways of the world the ways of the culture at large the society at large because the world at large is not god oriented so we don't conform or mold ourselves or pattern to the world when we decide to follow christ paul's saying look you stepped out of the world and into God's kingdom, and now that you're in God's kingdom, you need to learn the new ways of the king. And so the king and his ways are, are going to reshape who you are. Second, you need to represent the king in a way that makes more people want to know about his kingdom. Sort of live like the king, learn from the king. And we're to resist being squeezed into the, 
the world's mold and pattern. Instead, here's what we're to do. We're do we're to be aimed to be transformed. Our aim is to be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This means to be transformed means to be changed in the essence of who you are in your character. You're changed from the inside out. God does this most often through pressure. God transforms us through pressure in life. You go through something really hard and your mind gets changed as you look at that situation differently through a new lens. You walk through a really hard situation, you walk through pressure, and, and you go to God, and he transforms your way, the way you look at that, the way you respond to it. You're seeing things through a, a new lens. And really, there's two ways. We learn to think the way that God does. Here's how you're, two ways to be transformed. Learn to think the way. I think there's a, there it is. Learn to think the way God does by immersing ourselves in his word the Bible, by hearing it taught, by studying it, by reading it on our own, by meditating on what God says, by memorizing it, we get into the Bible. We immerse ourselves in it. Change is constant in the trends and in, in our lives as we go from one stage to the next. And so this keeps us steady and tethered. This makes us relevant if we let God shape our thinking. And then we become useful to God. But if you back up one verse, it says in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, Paul writes, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so the second key to transformation is to offer ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, meaning give up. Offer, in the moment, our lives to be used by God. First, we get a new perspective, we let him transform our thinking, but then we, we say yes to him and we, we actually present our lives, our bodies, our thinking, our, our voices, our, our hands and feet to be used by God in this world. Once you decide to follow Christ, life becomes a series of, of choices between my old ways and my new ways that God is, is renewing. But it's such a struggle, it's such a clash constantly for us our old ways and God's new ways, isn't it? I mean, whenever I have a good idea at work, I want everyone to tell me, that was a great idea. Everyone, come here, listen to Josh's great idea. Wasn't that great, everyone? That's, that's what I would want. I don't, I don't want to go to work and, and be encouraging to people. I don't spring out of bed with a desire to be encouraging. I wish I did. But I just don't spring out of bed with that. I want to spring out of bed and people encourage me in the morning. That's my desires. I'm not motivated to go to work and work hard. I don't spring out of bed like, I can't wait to work hard today. <laughs> I'm motivated to sleep in. I'm motivated to find a recliner. I mean, that's, that's what's natural in me. In other words, my selfish desires are constantly clashing with God's goals and his ways to love people, to show kindness, to be faithful. And whenever there's a clash between my goals and God's goals and desires, this is where you and I are to present our lives to God because we, he leads us to think differently. He's renewing our mind, and it's where we say, yes, God, I present myself to you to do this day your way. I, I'm yours. I want, rather than taking all I can, it's me giving all I can as an act of worship to God, to my family, get past myself, to my friends, get past myself, 
What a struggle this is. But when we do, that, that, that'll keep you relevant. If you get past yourself, you'll stay relevant in this culture. And when we're dealing with all the changes in the world, here's another thing. We have to test the trends. It talks about, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have to test the trends. Here's some interesting trends. Planking. <laughs> Laying flat like a plank on different things. The basketball hoop planking. Or tank planking. <laughs> you know, planking on tanks. There you go. Here's another, here's another, here's a strange trend. Cactus eating. Now this is easy and obvious to avoid. <laughs> the challenge is to take a whole cactus and eat it. The thorns obviously will cause bleeding. Why would you do that? I don't know. But some people are trying to pull this off. How do you eat a cactus? Don't try it. <laughs> now, the, why would you do these things? Unless you're trying to keep up and prove that you can do something, why would you try that? There's all sorts of trends that, that we might be tempted to test this out. Probably not this one. But there might be some, that you're te- some trends that you might try to test out. In Romans 12, 2, we're commanded to be transformed by testing the ways of the world. When you test something, you try to learn if this is genuine. You examine it closely. You look to see, is this genuine? Testing it out. I'm examining. I'm looking closely. What's genuine is found in, in, in God's Word. So what we do is, with any trend, we test the ideas in the world or the trends in the world by holding them up to the, to the lens of Scripture. And we say, what? How does this line up with what God says about life and how life really works? That's the way we do it. And God's will is always relevant. It's always refreshing. When you go to God's word and you actually slow down enough to let God speak to you and listen and and bring your real life to it and read God's word, oftentimes God shows you what you need and you go, wow, that is right. God, that is so right. That's exactly what I need to know what to do at work or with my family or amongst my friends, that is so right. God's Word helps us test ideas out, thoughts out, sets a guard on, on our lives. Recently I was on my way to a wedding. Uh, our family and another family from, from the church. and we, bypass, or we, we went a different route in order to go visit a friend of mine who leads a growing church in the Bay Area. And as we were there, we were checking out what they do and just seeing if we could learn some some fresh ideas from them, and it, it, it helped. It was helpful to sort of get out of the box and, and see things differently and ask, why do you do what, what you do there, and what, why do we do what we're doing with that? And, and you know, they had different ways of, of presenting ideas to their guests, and we, we just took a lot of notes. At the same time, it helped me and Scott, who was w- with one of our pastors who was on that trip, we just sort of asked, what are the non-negotiables, though? One of our non-negotiables is to be guided by the Scripture. And so if ever there's a practice out there in the church world that we'd see, well, that's really a good idea, but but we're going to have to, that's going to work against the Scripture, or we're going to have to bend on the Scripture, then we're not, we're not going to make that change. But at the same time, we want to stay fresh and curious because there's all sorts of things that, are, uh, that can be effective. And so, but there's a guide. And if we back up a little further in Romans chapter 11, if you looked at Romans 12, 2, and verse 1, and now look at 
chapter 11, verse 33 through 36. As I told you, the, the context of Romans 9, 10, and 11 is, why are all these people in the church? It's such a mix. And how did God pull this off? Well, he has a plan that he's working out. And Paul, he camps out and he just sort of breaks out in song almost and starts praising God for God's mind. He says this, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom of the knowledge of God, and how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Paul's saying, look, did God ever consult any of us? No, I mean, God is beyond. Our, uh, what he does is beyond our understanding. No one can fully understand it, but, but there's a sense of awe that Paul has. Then he says in verse 35, Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. God himself wants to be our anchor in the sea of change in the world at large. He gives us the power to resist the pull of the, of the world's ways. If we'll turn to him, he'll guide us forward to make the most of changes in culture. If you stay in sync with God and his plan for you, he'll guide you into the future to stay relevant with your kids. He's always the ultimate source of wisdom, and wisdom in this world is always relevant. If you get to know God's word and you, have a, you can speak God's truth into any given situation, sometimes people will go, oh, that's good. Man, that sounds right. Where did you learn that from? The Lord, will help, the Lord will help you influence people rightly through love, through kindness, through reliability and faithfulness. Those things are always relevant in our culture. They're always a breath of fresh air. As I'm trying to figure out how do I stay connected to my own kids, and the, you know it's flying by, years are going quick, and I, and it's, I realize, wow, this is I'm going to be in a new, you know, in, in a few years I'll be in a, in a new season of life, and, and I'll be looking back at those years of parenting my my children. You know, Lord willing, they'll have kids of their own, and I'm trying. Okay, how do I stay connected? Do, do I try to stay connected just through the hobbies, you know, through the sports, through the music? You know, well, I should probably pay attention to the things that they're into. I should probably lean in and ask, why are you interested in this? Tell me about that. I want to learn. I want to understand these things. At the same time, I have to keep thinking about how to be loving and kind to them and how to be encouraging with my words to them because encouragement to my children never goes out of style. Even if if my clothes go out of style, even if my, you know, my facial hair or lack of it or whatever goes out of style... If I'm encouraging with them, then I can stay relevant. I can move into the future with them. So I want to encourage you to think through, what's God saying to you in your life with your challenges? There's a bias in the Bible towards doing life together in a way that people from different generations are learning from one another. You see that through the pages of Scripture. Different generations are learning from one another. It's not just that one generation... Uh, can can thrive by only relating to those within their age and stage. No, that's that's not how real growth work works. And so, if you're older, take the time to try to understand what the younger ones are into and why. Aim aim to understand their language instead of demanding that they speak yours. Aim to understand why they do what they do. If you can enjoy them, you may be able to influence them. That applies to parents of kids, grandparents, older workers mixing it up with the youngers. And the idea here is everybody has something to bring to the table. If you're younger, then bridge towards those who are older than you. They have so much value. They have so much wisdom. If you're younger, don't miss out on the wisdom of those who've gone before you. 
ask questions, get to know them, draw out the lessons that they've learned in life. And a major way to just build a bridge across the generations is to actually lean in and show interest to other people and be genuinely curious. Love is always relevant. The heart of God is always going to keep you relevant. I want to invite our worship team back up to the stage and encourage you to consider taking a next step this morning. Maybe the first one would be this. Mix it up with other generations by showing interest in them. great way to do this would be grab a meal, maybe lunch on a Sunday, some, some Sunday. Make a plan to invite somebody, go to lunch with someone who's, who's in a different stage of life, different generation, and just get to know one another. Learn. Talk about life. Talk about what you've learned. Ask a lot of questions. Great verse, James 1, verse 19. I think it's, it's, dear brothers, take note of this. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry, slow to become angry. But those first two parts are really helpful with, with this message. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Ask a lot of questions, just listen. Slow to respond, not the, yeah, but we're so, I'm so tempted to say, yeah, but really quickly. And, or I'm very tempted to form my, response while they're sharing their answer quick to listen slow to speak second test the world's ideas and trends against god's word the bible and third pray and ask god to transform me into a person of lasting influence i hope this has been helpful for you before we before we pray i was at a uh, a wrestling tournament yesterday with, with my, one of my sons. And there's a t-shirt, a dry fit t-shirt, really good price. And I was like, ooh, we should buy that. And uh, the shirt said, it's a wrestling shirt, said, I'd rather throw you than know you. And had this guy chucking this guy in a wrestling throw. Really cool shirt. I said, they refunded us. We, I entered my son in two different weight classes. But there wasn't uh, anybody to compete in the higher weight class. And so I was getting a refund. I was like, oh, I could put it towards this shirt. I'd already spent the money in my mind. I'll put it towards this shirt. And he looked at the message. And he's like, I wouldn't wear that, Dad. <laughs> because, and it's funny about him, he's got this shirt that says, it's cool to be kind. And uh, he, he was just basically saying, this is true. Like, I, I, I do enjoy this sport, but there's a limit. And I said, maybe you could add in your own, like, I'd rather throw you in love than know you, <laughs> but I, that didn't work. But, <laughs> but that's the heart of, of what we're talking about this morning. And so develop the character that God wants to keep you relevant. And his word will, will bring uh, us in line with his character. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your kindness and love to include us in your plan. Lord, as we learn about the diversity in, in your church, in the Roman church, Lord, we can see, we look around, there's diversity in this church. And, and we thank you for that, that you have a plan, that your plan is perfect. And we don't fully understand the mystery of your mind. We thank you, Lord, for leading us towards your truth and keeping us grounded. Help us, Lord, to evaluate ideas and the trends that are flying around the culture. Help us to ask good questions, to uh, use good judgment and discernment on what you want us to participate in and pass on. And, and help us to invest ourselves in, in the generations around us, Lord, that you'd use us, God, to continue to further your kingdom. We ask for your help in this in Jesus' name.
Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.